G'day guys, welcome back to Beers and Breakevens brought to you by Blue Wealth Property. They make investing in property easy for you. It has been a huge couple of days of rugby league. We're going to get stuck in and focus on the Supercoach side of things because there has been, uh, as we said, a lot going on and the impact on Supercoach is going to be massive. So we're going to dive into all of that today. Joined by my co-host once again, Timmy. Welcome back, mate. Good, good to be along, mate. It's uh Apologies in advance to listeners, the viewers out there. If I'm a bit weary this week, I've spent the last few days trying to work out uh, who put the curse on the Kuma Stallions and didn't find a result. Walked into the studio this morning and the guru's got his Kuma Stallion voodoo doll gouging the eyes out with a little toothpick and uh, solved that problem. So... Let's go. I actually asked him to hold it for me, but he couldn't put down the, the little violin he's been playing for the last <laughs> few weeks. Uh, it's been unlucky, mate. Obviously, we were both very keen on KP last week. I said I'd wait a week. You uh, you didn't put a toe in the pool. You uh, you bombed in from the uh, top deck. Yeah. Stinger. Yeah, it's funny because I'm normally pretty conservative with my approach to supercation. I thought, you know what, stuff it. KP at 0% ownership. Let's go hard at this, this top spot. Um, but, mate, it's... You know, I have had a bit of a tough run with injuries, but like KP, he's had recent concussions to him um, that we've seen. So there was pretty obvious risk going into that trade that I was very aware of and I took it anyway and lasted all of about 10 minutes. So oh, it, was, it was an enjoyable 10 minutes. Up it it actually was a good 10 minutes yeah, though. Good he, 10. he looks good. I was sort of sitting there going, okay, when I get him next week, there might be a few more people that get him now. Yeah. Um, yeah, devastating for yeah, you, though. Oh, mate, it's, it's a part of the game, unfortunately, Supercoach, and hopefully uh, KP's not too bad and we see him back out on the field sooner rather than later. Yeah, and I mean, as I said to you on the weekend, I think I'd rather <laughs> go down swinging, trying to get a pod to finish one, than sit around 100, playing it safe for the rest of the season. So. Yeah, exactly right, mate. There's not much difference finishing, aside from maybe a, a bumped-up KFC voucher, finishing 10th as it is finishing 500th, really, so a bit of street cred, I guess, but... Yeah. Uh, we'll get to a few more pods later as yeah. well, I reckon. Unless you're below rank like 135, it's it's really just wonderful. <laughs> anyway, I'm 134 this week <laughs> off the back of my score of 1,155. Timmy, rank score. How'd you go? Still scored well despite the KP debacle. So 12.47. Uh, had a slight rise into 3.57th overall. We were talking about it off air the other day, but it's funny how like got you by 100 I thought all right we'll bridge a bit of a gap here I only went up a little bit you only dropped a little bit I'm like shows how good my uh, knowledge of numbers is but yeah it, it was a weird week as far as scores and ranks went you obviously like I remember when, when KP got injured me thinking okay well Tim's fucked mm. that's him done and then as the weekend went on I sort of went geez I hope I can just even up with Tim and I, I, I went Val Holmes as my captain at the end it was his birthday I'm um, using real rugby league science there so I went him and <laughs> You're a sentimental man. I'm a very sentimental man, yeah. Uh, and I was still 100 points behind you, and I sort of thought, geez, I'm going to I'm gonna plummet here. I dropped by 30 spots. so yeah, I went up 19, I think. Yeah, so I'm anyway. considering you scored 100 more than me and were behind me. I'm stoked with how that played out. I think I used a little get-out-of-jail card there. Uh, we are joined once again by uh, Matty the Waterboy. Uh, Matty, I know, I know you said last week you, you're done with Supercoach, which I found highly offensive but i will bring you in once again uh have you looked at it done anything uh i'm looking at it now oh yeah now i've dropped another two and a half thousand yeah, two and a half right. thousand ranks i'm on the decline yep. i've been on the decline since round one yeah yeah no no well uh, consistency's key mm. yeah and mm. he's the most consistent of us <laughs> by a country mile so at least you didn't waste a tr one of your thousand trades on KP. Nah, still got plenty left still got plenty mm. left yeah nice little victories little little w's <laughs> i think i still got papanowson though so of course you do. Yeah, yeah. 
good little smoky to have. All right, <laughs> um, let's go through the beers and break evens group. We've got Jacob, uh, who I also believe he's leading the um, Supercoach playbook yep. as well. Yep, so very good for him. He's sitting with a rank of fourth overall first in our group. We've got Mitchell. Give him a chance. He is coming second in our group, eighth overall. So two of the top ten in the beers and break evens group. Alex, the bearded clams, just keeps hanging in there, 15th overall. Rob, I think he dropped a little bit. He's 17th overall now, fourth in our group. And mind at large, Jeffrey. 32 overall and fifth in our group. 1,400 points on the weekend, the big fella. Yeah, that's a good knock, eh? Very, very good knock. Good knock. Uh, our top score from the weekend was, yeah, 1507 <laughs> from Blair. So oh. very good knock there. Got himself into, was he ranked 415th overall? So uh, our group's going very well. I think I'm sitting at a about 26 or something in this group. So I've dropped a little bit the last few weeks. But $2,000 up for grabs there. So fingers crossed one of us can get back relevant and take yeah. that off them. But I'm getting <laughs> less and less confident. I'm not going to lie. Um, team list this week. Um, at the same time, not a heap. But at the same time, a fucking stack mm. in some of these games. So <laughs> we'll go through them. We've got the Manly Seagulls and the Roosters. You've all heard about this game. 7.50 Thursday night. The Manly Seven are out. Um, Olakawatu, Kola, Schuster, the only really three super coach relevant guys out there. I know that Olakawatu will hurt a lot of people. I think Kola, I think I was one of the few that still had him and I was selling him this week anyway. But if you are a Josh Schuster owner, a little blessing to have him off your bench for a week because he's been an AE nightmare mm. outside of last week where it took COVID and about 14 HIAs to make him relevant. So if you were a Schuster owner, you're pretty stoked with that. Yeah, they said there's a few little implications there. Lots of selling Olakuatu, which I find perplexing, to be mm. honest. Like I, I know I get the argument of going to say I'm maybe, all for it for them. Go yeah, ahead, yeah, please for do sure. it. Sure, yeah. go for it. But prior to uh, the, he had a poor week last week, and that was already in a depleted man in the outfit. He then misses this week, but man, they have a soft draw. And, and prior to last week, he had a five round average of was eighty odd, like something really impressive, and had hardly had a bad score in about five or six weeks. Just look at him play football. Like even if he's if his base isn't as good as the the elite base back rowers, he bust tackles. You know he gets his attacking stats. People say, oh, you know he's a bit try reliant. He scores tries because he's a gun, like yeah. Viliami Kikau. So um, I can't leave people trading him out based on you know missing one week of footy. Ignore Tim. If you want to sell him, go yeah, ahead and sell please. him. Please go and sell him. Um, Joey Manu returns. Just just felt the table shake. Just quiet. Are you okay over there? Oh. I've just, if I've ever wanted a calf to cramp up early on in a footy game, this would be it. <laughs> Joey Marno. Yeah, it could be anything. Uh, we're hearing that he's going to have a bit of a roaming role. So I know a lot of people are very keen on Teddy as a VC or a captain. We'll talk about that soon. But it could be a little smoky, Marno. It's a really interesting one because, I mean, I've spoken time and time again about my love for roaming sense and how there needs to be more of it. But the Roosters have just got so many mouths to feed between Teddy, Kiri, Walker running around. Uh, I like Manu roving, but particularly probably in, in a attacking situations, gee, that's a lot of people trying to get their hands on the ball, isn't it? So yeah. my gut feel sort of says that he will hold his shape out at centre more often than not. Uh, maybe I'm saying this just as a very hopeful non-owner of Joey Manu. Um, I'm excited to see how it does play out because if Robbo can get him roaming in around amongst that spine effectively... 
Dear Lord, like that could be anything. For sure. And I'm hoping that uh, Nat Butch gets tackled a metre out from the line on a couple of occasions. Joey Manu into dummy half just to ward it now. Um, Friday night, we've got the Melbourne Storm and the New Zealand Warriors going head-to-head from over there at Mount Smart. Um, nothing really doing here with the Melbourne Storm for New Zealand. Walsh back at one, Josh Curran back into the starting team. But one of these games, that nothing overly relevant. Was there anything to you in, those game, in that game? Definitely not in terms of team change or any of yeah. that. So, no. Uh, Parramatta and Penrith, nothing doing at the Eels. Penrith, uh, Jerome Luai and Critter are out. Jerome Luai is going to miss a number of weeks. You probably won't see him till finals. So his Supercoach season is done and dusted, which, uh, you know, Luai, his ownership wouldn't have been very high, but uh, it has a big impact on the guys around him, which we'll talk about that Mm. soon. Uh, Jennings comes in and Sean O'Sullivan comes in there as well. Super Saturday kicks off with the Titans and the Raiders. Uh, we called for it on Monday. Aaron Clark named in the 13 jersey. Thank God. Another guy we will talk about soon because I am harder than a cat's head for Aaron Clark at the moment. <laughs> I'm seriously considering him. Imagine, um, imagine if you, we said at the start of the season, quoting that. Tell me about Aaron it. Aaron Clark. Tell me about it. Jeez, I hope you get him in. Uh, there, there's a... Yeah, I'm obviously very brave on a Wednesday morning. Come Thursday (laughs) afternoon, we'll see. Um, For the Raiders, nothing doing there? Anything to take from their team list for you? Uh, Very little, again, at the Raids. Sharks and the Bunnies, 5.30 Saturday. Uh, Dale Finucane out for two to three weeks. So Cam McInnes, he moves into the 13, or he will move into the 13 jersey. Two weeks, I think it was, after two weeks. A, a mass deliberation at the judiciary. All right. I think they initially had it at three and then it got turned down to two or something. So. so he got found guilty and then it got turned into two. Yeah. Something weird like that. Not in the top billion weirdest things to happen in rugby league this week. (laughs) But anyway, um, Cam McInnes, an interesting one. I sold him last week. I was very close to not selling him, and I kind of wish I hadn't now. Kind of wish I maybe would have sold Jazz. Might have been handy, but I don't know if I would have played Cam in the next two weeks. Anyway, Bunnies, nothing doing there. No real changes. Uh, Broncos versus Tigers. Uh, You've got Mariner making his debut for the Broncos. I think it's probably too late for guys like this as far as Supercoach goes, but I wouldn't be surprised if he holds on to this jersey until Herbie Farmworth returns. Probably a bigger one for draft players. He's been doing really well down there in Queensland Cup the last few weeks, Mariner. Well, well for him to, to unseat Branko Lee, who's been going pretty well, and Brisbane have been winning games, it says shows how good he's been going. Um, is Herbie due back this season or not? I think he's due back very late. Hey, Matty, could could you do all that for us? Um, I, th- I think he's due back late, but Mariner, he's been doing very well in Queensland Cup. Scored two tries last week, had a very impressive game, broke, I think, nine tackles, two tries. Tries that sort of came out of nothing too. So one to keep an eye on there for the Broncos. Nothing, Matty? All I can see is indefinite. Indefinite, yeah. Which okay. means he'll be back at some point. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I think Mariner's got this jersey for a, at least probably a month, I would say. I reckon he'll be yeah. okay. And be a little one then. Yeah. Free up some cash. Um, let's go. Sunday afternoon, we've got the Canterbury Bulldogs and the Newcastle Knights. I want to ask you a question. Um, Barnett, named on the edge. Brody Jones at 13. I've also got no KP. Nice pick, dickhead. I don't know who that's directed <laughs> at. Uh, but Jones at 13. I know a lot of people are very happy with this. Is there a world where Jones plays on the edge? We've seen him play there a number of times over the years. Is, is this oh, that Barnett makes, saga makes way over? more sense um, that yeah. Barnett would play third. And you've also got Kurt Mann on the extended bench. So with the Knights in the form they've been showing, they could do anything with this pack. So I, I think the, the Mitchie Barnett run, you know, you can maybe even one more week, but as I said, it'd be 
let he may even start at 13. Kurt Mann might come on to the extended bench and play less minutes. So, yeah, not for me. I think the Barnett saga is far from over, personally. Uh, for the Canterbury Bulldogs, uh, Topine's been named on the edge, which is interesting. Waddell's also been named. He got five weeks, I believe mm. it was, last night. A big whack. Um, that'll probably bring Tavita Pango Jr. onto the edge. You've also got Raymond Fitala Mariner out. So, uh, I don't think anyone would be considering these Canterbury back rowers anyway, but there's just too many question marks around. With Joe Simpson sitting on the bench too. It's a hard pass from me. Uh, the Cowboys and the Tigers are the last game of the week. Jack Bird named at centre. Moses and by at one. Tyrell Sloan returns to the team at fullback. Nothing overly relevant there. For the Cowboys though, 1-17 uh, to 17 as they were from last week. Uh, Ruben Cotter though, named on the extended bench. So good to see him return. If he plays this week, 20 minutes. Yeah, I think very limited. So, look. <laughs> Cowboys versus Dragons. Sorry, not Tigers. Didn't change it from last week. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't yeah. see Cotter playing big minutes. I wouldn't be, obviously, definitely not playing this week. A surprising amount of people did hold on to him for a long time. Um, if he does play this week, which is every chance, would not be playing even next week. The NRL physio had that there's pretty high aggravation rate of those hammy injuries. Yep. So, I, wouldn't, I can't see him with the way the Cowboys are going that they will play, you know, anywhere near the minutes he got prior to getting injured for the next three, four weeks. So, yeah. Let's move to our Blue Wealth Hot Property Player of the Week prediction. I had an absolute Barry Crocker last week. Went with Scotty Drink, who went sub 37 or something ridiculous. <laughs> Timmy tipped you off on James Tedesco. Cameron Munster, I think it was, actually. And he went he went gangbusters, had a really good game. This week, I'm going to go with Jerome Hughes. It might be one of the more biased picks of all time. <laughs> but a good matchup. Um, Melbourne couldn't lose two in a row. Then they couldn't lose three in a row. There wasn't a hope in hell they could lose four in a row. I'm here to tell you, Timmy, they will not lose four. Five in a row. Hughesy bounces back with a big game. Who have you got? As a bloke who's pretty heavy on Storm players, I hope you're right, mate. Uh, I have Brian Toto. Uh, yeah, mm. I think we're going to get to those, the changes with Luai out pretty soon, but I can see Nathan Cleary getting a lot more ball, which means Brian Toto on the right edge is every chance. No Stephen Crichton either, so every chance of actually getting past the ball on the right edge. Um, I think it bodes very well for Toto. No Luai, no Crichton. Mm. Yeah, bodes very well for him. Let us know in the comments what your prediction is for the Blue Wealth Hot Property Player of the Week for Round 20. Let us know who it is. We have got Husey and Brian Toto this week. All right. Hot topics. Let's talk about five eights. Um, we've got a couple of questions here from you guys that have been sent in. The ones that we picked that are relatable to five eights, we've moved up into this topic. Um, what do you want to do, mate? Do you want to start with these questions or do you, do you want to carry it at first about five eights? What yeah, so just, just firstly, it, it's such a hot topic this week because people are looking to move on Cody Walker uh, with the Bunnies' tough draw. On the run home, the fact that he scored really poorly last week, he's still got a bit of value there at 585k. Dylan Brown's another one. Paramount have a pretty tough draw. People are looking to maybe move him on, which is potentially a bit of a luxury trade. But then uh, buyers have emerged, such as Cameron Munster, who we know is you know potentially a must-have for the run home. Um, Blokes will get to shortly, but Matty Burton looks a popular buy. Scotty Drinkwater, people off one bag, one or two bad weeks are looking to cull him. So 5-8 has all of a sudden become a, a position that's been blown wide open, and it's not helped by the fact that Melbourne have lost four in the trot. So I'm intrigued to see your thoughts on the position. Uh, there's obviously a few questions out there, so let's get stuck into the thoughts around it all. 
I guess the first one for me, I'm a Scotty Drinkwater owner. I was very high on him last week. He is carrying my entire draft team on his shoulders at the moment <laughs> after one of the worst fortnights of my draft fucking career. Um, so Drinky, <coughs> I was... I was considering moving him on this week, to be honest with you. I had to listen to the playbook last night and you might have sort of convinced me otherwise. I think it was either you or Derushi that mentioned that after his last poor performance against Penrith, I think he scored 12, he went on a real tear for the next few weeks after. And he has got a good run the next few weeks. So I'm sort of leaning towards keeping him now. But a big part of the reason why I was looking at trading him was because I want Matt Burton. Mm. I think he's going to have a really strong finish to the season. I think it was Darussi last night said something like he's averaged 88 in the last seven weeks or something. Um, I've watched him quite a bit. I'm very impressed. I think Canterbury have sort of turned a corner. And we spoke last, well, I spoke last week about Newcastle with the team they've got on paper that towards the back end of the season, now that the pressure's off, they'll start to play some footy. I think Canterbury are that perfect team at the moment. Can't, well, they could make finals, but it's looking incredibly unlikely. Um, they're just playing free-flowing footy, and every time they score points, it pretty much has to have something to do with Burton. And if it doesn't, he'll throw the two points over after. So he's a guy I'm very keen on, and I guess that can take us to our first question from at NRL Laughs. Is Burton the new super pod? I think he'll be a pod. I don't think he'll be a super pod. I think he is a little bit too popular. I think too many people are talking about him. What are your thoughts on Burton? Yeah, Burton, oh, firstly, drinky carrying your draft side. I'm carrying your classic side, so mate, you don't mind a bit of a hand out there. But um, oh. Burton, well, firstly on drinky, I mean, you touched on most of my thoughts already, but I said he after that 12 against Penrith way back when, pre-origin, he went 119, 90, 50, 87, had 41 against the Sharks. That was without half the Cowboys side around him. So, oh, look, I think particularly with the dual positioning, I still think he's a hold. Like, he still scares me as a non-owner. He's at low enough ownership. Um, Matty Burton, uh, as you said, I think it was with... Since Mick Potter's come on board, he averaged 81. If you take out the bog game the Dogs played against them uh, in the pool against the Sharkies, it's 88 points per game. And as you said, he just... Everything the Dogs do has Burton's paws on it, doesn't it? So, you know, he's goal-kicking. They're a resurgent side. Their run home's okay. Um, I think Burton is a tremendous buy. Even if people do, do flock to him, he's still going to be pretty low, very low ownership. Like people don't have enough trades to be going, or a lot of people don't have enough trades to be going. Your, your Cody Walkers to him, or your Dylan Walkers, to, uh, Dylan Walker, Dylan Browns to him. So I think Burton's a great trade in this week. Our next question is from at Liam Collins 05. Do I antipod Munster have Cody Walker and Dylan Brown at the moment? I am would never be brave enough to antipod Munster. I think especially with the new next two weeks, I think you'd be very courageous. I mean, the Melbourne Storm have been going like an absolute busted the last two weeks. He still scored pretty well. He obviously scored well mm. last week. I've, the week before, I can't remember him going terribly. Um I don't think you can go into the last few weeks of this season without Munster personally. What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do it, but let's say you are top one, two, three hundred, whatever it might be, and you're sitting there thinking, all right, I'm still a chance at the title, but I need to make a bold play. Um, he might, there's every chance that he is carrying an injury, Munster. So, you know, if there's any aggravation there, I know it's speculative more than anything, but Melbourne have lost four on the trot. If they don't return to form... Um, can Munster go low for their own home? Maybe he can. Look, I wouldn't be looking to antipod him, but I can see I can see the merit in it. Uh, 
The one I wanted to touch on there also was Cody Walker. As an owner of him, I do want to move him on to one of these sort of guys we're speaking about. I already own Cam Munster, but Cody Walker plays the Warriors next week, which really entices me. So I don't really want to play him in my team this week against the Sharkies, although I don't hate it. But I kind of want to hold on to him just for that Warriors matchup. But with a BE of 112, he's about to likely start plummeting cash. What are your thoughts on holding B selling Cody Walker before the Warriors game? Uh, I look at Cody Walker's <laughs> run home and I think he will average about 45. Uh, I don't care about the run home. I care about the, the Warriors game next week. Because yep. I'd, I'd sell him after that. Uh, the South, uh, the South Sydney Rabbits, are they a team that you're confident is definitely going to slap the Warriors around? For, for me, I'm not. Yeah, I don't know what to think of the Rabbitohs anymore. I, I'm still very... I don't think the Rabbitohs know what to think of the Rabbitohs yeah, anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm still not convinced, put it that yeah. way. I know they just beat Melbourne pretty well, but um, solved most sides the last month. Yeah, I... Yeah, yeah with, with that break even, <coughs> you're going to lose a bit of coin there. I don't know what your money situation is. Uh, but, yeah, I'm... Put, put it this way, I'm... Yeah, if I was playing Cody Walker in draft against the Warriors, I wouldn't be crazily concerned. To be honest with you, yeah. um, I, I mean, can, I can flip Cody to Burton, which for only about yeah, it's only about thirty k. I mean, there's been games in the last few <laughs> weeks where you know we probably would have said the same about the Titans. He scored fifty nine. Yeah, Munster's going to do that on an average day against the Dragons, thirty four. Uh, and then I mean, he scored one hundred nineteen against Newcastle, but fuck, he had to do a lot to get one hundred nineteen. He had to do an absolute heap. He killed it. So I, I've never been keen on Cody all season. I, As I've said a few times, I had him in draft last year and he just has to do so much to score. Um, Dylan Brown's the other one. Mm. I'm, <clears throat> I looked at Dylan Brown heading into round 17 and thought if you pair him up with uh, your mate Sean Lane, might be a decent little pick. But uh, Brown's a guy I haven't really looked at for the run home at all. I'm pretty happy with my 5.8s. What are your thoughts on Brown? for? Yeah. They have a tough run home. So, obviously, Penrith this week, Manly, Rabbitohs, Dogs, Broncos, Storm. Really tough run home. <coughs> Sorry. So, so I wouldn't be buying him. In terms of selling, I do think it's a bit of a luxury trade because, look, he's averaging 70 points for the season. His base of 35 for a half is exceptional. It's probably, uh, without checking, nearly be second to none in the position. Um, 573k, so there is value there, but... You know, I think you'd probably want to have five-plus trades left to pull the trigger. I'm sitting on four at the moment, so I'm actually not a Dylan Brown owner, but I'd be reluctant to trade with anything, yeah, less than five trades because you know, he's not match-up proof, but even if the power do get smashed in the game and he doesn't deliver attacking-wise, hopefully that base can get you to sort of 40 to 45 minimum. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Did you say you've got four trades left right now before this weekend? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Sweet. Um, okay. What about our last one? Oh, I guess from Joseph Franders, what what do we think <clears throat> to do with Drinky? Worried about being hooked. I, I'm just going to back Drinky in to bounce back from this. I mean, I, I think it's pretty evident with Drinky that he's an incredibly talented footballer, but when he's off, fuck, he's off. And I think and I think he's shown this season that he can have those games and then bounce back next week and be the best player on the park. And I think. I think we're at that point where Todd Payton is probably understands that and is aware of it. I think Drinky's also well, he was had to do one of the longest walks around a stadium when he got hooked the other day. So I, I, I just think he, he's gonna bounce back. I, as we said at the start, I can understand you trading him and I considered it during the week. The closer I get, 
I think I am going to hold him. People keep saying hooked. Last time the Hammer was on the bench and they had this situation, I recall Scotty Drinkwater coming off with 15 minutes to go and that wasn't because of poor performance. He had a stinker against the Tigers, don't get me wrong, but I thought that was always going to be part of the plan. To take Drinkwater off for Hammer? Yeah. They did it earlier in the season in the exact same circumstances. First game back where Hammer's on the bench. Wasn't he having a stinker in that game too, though? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was the Penrith game. Has it happened more than once or was it just those twice? I'm pretty sure it's those twice. There there was once that he came off for a HIA, but then I'm pretty sure the Panthers game. The Knights game, the one before, that might maybe that was a HIA. Yeah, and then I'm pretty sure, didn't he come off in the Panthers game? Panthers game, he played 77. So there were games where he played 64 minutes against the Knights and then 69 against the Tigers. Uh, I'd have to check, but I reckon there's every chance Hammer came off the bench in those and that's the way Peyton opted to do it. Yeah, okay. So, but don't even know, like he was, he was poor in that game. But what it does mean, though, is that if I am right, and that's part of the plan, that he could come off with 65 again. Yeah. Um, but on that, as we said, like Dragons this week, Dogs next week, then the Roosters, then the Warriors. Those three match, three of those four matches are really nice for him. And, and I'm with you. I think he's done enough this season. I mean, to, I'd back him in to, to say... He mounts back. And I mean, the, the reality is in the modern game, you only need one HIA suspension injury during a game. and Anything. It's been taken out of the water. Hammer fills yeah. in anywhere else. So, uh, yeah. You're also one backline injury away from <coughs> Hammer starting. And again, it doesn't become an issue. Yeah. He's averaging sure. 69 this season, Drinky. All right. Uh, should we move into the other non 5-8 questions? Is there anyone else you want to touch on? 5-8, um, I reckon we have covered... All the important ones there, mate. Yep, done and dusted. Unless you're a psycho who wants to take a gamble on Adam Dewey, but... It's getting a weird amount of momentum. I'm hearing a few people that are looking at him. I just, I can't do it. The the other one I want to ask you about, Jackson Hastings. Um, I mean, I don't think he's playing a role there that allows him to have a huge ceiling, but he is getting through a heap of work. I think he scored 60-odd on the weekend. I don't think his ownership would be very low. I just... I think you want your ceiling guys now, don't you? Mm. Your love for Jackson Hastings knows no bounds. It's in uh, Ronald Volkman territory at the moment. He's getting there. Yeah, if the Warriors want to let me know what the fuck's happening with Ronald Volkman <laughs> to reach out, I'd really appreciate it. But anyway, yeah. Uh, Hastings, yeah, I just think, as I said, uncertain role. Um, what's happening in the Tigers, God knows. I, just, I can't do anything around the Tigers at the moment just because I don't trust them. Yeah. I guess the, the the last name that's been thrown around is Ezra Mam. Surely you move him on. I know he's playing well. Brisbane are going well. I mean, I, I thought he played a, a top-shelf game the other night. Scored 55. Yeah, I'd be moving him on. He's, yeah. been, he's been very solid, done a terrific job for owners, but I think there's far better 5.8s with, as you said, higher ceilings. Yeah. Guys, you might have locked in your trades this week, but how well do you know your numbers outside of Supercoach? With interest rates going up at the moment, it might be time to finally trade banks and save yourself a bit of cash. If you've got no idea where to start, I'm definitely guilty of being in this boat, shoot Pat and George Mortgage Choice a message on Instagram or give them a call on 02-9521-1611 and mention the special code SC Playbook for a free consultation while they'll take care of the rest. It doesn't matter what state you're based in, they're good blokes and more importantly, they're guns at Supercoach. You'd be mad if you don't. Okay, our next one comes from Mass Faye. It says, Reynolds as a pod... Um, I love Adam Reynolds. I think he's been one of the form players in this competition. There is pretty much nothing that Reynolds could do that could make me think I need to bring him in. 
I don't know if that's unfair to Reynolds. I just he he doesn't scream super coach player to me, regardless of the points he may score. Um, had a good game on the weekend, scored a try off what we both thought was a pretty blatant knock on. Points are going to come through him, but he's not a guy that I'm willing. He, he could chuck you a 25 on any given week and still play well. Yeah, I mean, he's having one of the best years of his career and he's averaging 65 points, whereas there's five A two, and that, well, in that time, he's got a top score of 115. His second top score is 100. You've got your Munsters and your Burton who can go big and can go really big. I think Burton not quite hasn't quite got there yet, but you know it's in him. He went 126 on the weekend. Uh, and then on top of that, as I said before Brisbane's draw is a little mixed so there's games against the Roosters the Storm the Eels um, I don't mind it for outside backs where you can sit start based on matchups but like would you feel confident playing in a few of those matches probably not uh, yeah not for me and I mean I get to the end of games with Reynolds and look at his score and go oh 110 that's a good knock and then I think set up four tries like it's he has to do so much to score yeah. points, and at the moment he is doing so much, one hundred percent. But I mean, he's played really well for the last month or so. He's had a ninety-four. His next best was a sixty-three. Yeah, I and just... your halves fullback combinations. We put him in the same category because we got Nico Hines who can swing between the two. Whoever owns, as far as I'm concerned, your halves have to be Hines and Cleary, and then your fullbacks are. You know, there's a few combinations you can go with, but generally speaking, maybe Latrell and K. Ah, uh, sorry, Teddy. Uh, unless you're a KP owner and can't get rid of him for Latrell, um, suck to be in that position. But anyway, outside of their game on the weekend, in the four weeks leading up to that, he had sub 50 base stats combined in those four weeks. Yeah, so yeah. if the attacking oh. stats don't come, seven against the drags. Yeah, it's it's a hard hardest of passes. Respectfully, Drew Reynolds absolutely killing it. Just yeah. not for our super coach sides. All right, Kiwi Trent, 86. I was scared that uh, Matty was going to stand up and coward punch me there when I was talking about uh, Reynolds, but anyway. Uh, Kiwi Trent, 86, says Murray or Nanai. I don't have either. I'm not looking at either. I know you're keen on Murray, but as we said on Monday, Nanai, shit just keeps happening around him. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to predict it, but it just keeps happening. What are your thoughts on this one? Nanai, definitely not, because <coughs> as I said, it does keep finding a way to happen but he bases 38 for yeah. an 80 minute back row which is pretty poor look he's got a five round average of 83 and he's on a tear but like prior to that in the first 10 rounds he had one score over 63 uh which was a ton but in that time he scored a hat-trick against the broncos he also had one two three four scores under 40 just not for me i said i, I do I really do think he relies on those attacking stats to score well. Maybe he's in a kick out or the Kawatu mile where he'll just keep finding them, but I'm not convinced he will. Like <laughs> it has to stop at some point, doesn't it? And you know, I'll, I'll say this: if you if you believe that it's not going to stop, go for it. Back your gut in. Yeah, I think he's scored 11 tries in the last 10 games as a back rower, and I mean, he's he just does it in a different way every single week. It's not for me either, but if you genuinely believe that he's going to keep doing this, get on him because. As much as we aren't buying him, mate, is it going to shock you if we come back in five weeks' time, we're doing a season review, and we go, well, kept scoring fucking tries. What, yeah, why, about Cam Murray, what, what, how could you not be excited about him? Averaging 71 this season, got eased minutes through the origin period, played 80 minutes on the weekend. Um, his ownership, 4% of the top 100 own him, all the way through to 9% of the top 5,000. Um, look, how could you not be keen on Cam Murray? At... 
586k to boot. Yeah, and I think if you are going to buy Cam Murray, I think this is the week to get him. Got the Sharkies this weekend into the Warriors, and then you got Parramatta, Penrith, Cowboys, Roosters. I think the one thing about South Sydney, and I might throw to Matty in a second to get his take on this. I think that they're never going to be in a spot where they're going to be able to rest this year. They're going to be playing for either a home final as a top of the bottom eight or trying to get a trying to get that second place. What What are your thoughts, Matty, on the Bunnies? Will they be resting this year? No way, because if you look at the ladder, whoever come like the top five time top five teams are all really top four teams. Yeah. At the moment, the Storm are coming fifth. So if you come eighth and you have to play the Storm in Melbourne, South's never won there. Like, kiss your season goodbye. And then the teams under us, it's probably going to be Parrot and the Roosters. Like, you don't want to get Parrot at home or the, like, or the Roosters. Like, you just, you just, you need that sixth spot or that fifth spot. You'd rather get a home final and you want to avoid the Storm or the Broncos or Sharks or Cowboys, whoever misses out. So, yeah, it's... We're, just, we're going for gold. Just quietly, Matt. You know who uh, mentioned there from the guru of a top four spot? Ruled them out, mate. Yeah, true, actually. I guess... Did uh, I we just say pr- they might be playing for second spot to get a home final or not? Did oh, I not I, say I, that? <laughs> oh, I thought you meant a home final in the bottom yeah, eight. Oh, yeah. Well, either or. I think they're more likely to do that. I'll tell you what. There is a bit of a strange scenario this year. Do, do we all agree there's a world where potentially the Rabbitohs could finish fifth, the Roosters could finish eighth? And mm. Melbourne and Parramatta could finish six and seven. Do we agree that's wow. possible? Yeah, true. You know that those those like those matchups are in round twenty five. So Roosters play Bunnies, Parramatta oh, play Melbourne. So you could wow. see two games played two weeks in a row, Fuck, which would be heavy. insane. You've also got the Penrith Panthers and the Cowboys who play round twenty five. I doubt it, but that could also be one versus four, depending on what happens over the next so few in weeks. So this. In this world, you've got the Raiders in third? Uh, yeah, potentially, yeah. yeah. Quite possibly. <laughs> um, We're going to let that slide out. <laughs> Back to it. Uh, what have you got against my boy Cam Murray? No, mate, I don't have anything against him. I just don't know if I can find a spot for him in my side. I'm pretty happy with my back rowers. Um, yeah, oh, he, <laughs> he's a guy that I, in a week or two, if there's no more injuries and, I, and I've got enough up my sleeve, which at the moment I do, I will consider him. I'm I'm in a position now where I've got six trades left. I'm going to have to bite the bullet and bring James Tedesco in yep. this week. Have to do it, which leaves me with five. But as I've said all season, my, my play, I've got one boost is to hold at least three for the last round and for restings. Try and take advantage there. So just so I've got this straight, uh, not keen on Cam Murray, Aaron Clark could be coming in this week, though. Aaron Clark, I am seriously looking at, yeah. And look, I'd explain it to you, mate, but guys in the top 50, we just, top 150, <laughs> we just see it differently. You know, I'm not going to waste my time on you. You stuffed your insult there by trying to claim top 50. No, yeah, yeah, it, it hurt. <laughs> I could feel it coming too. But no, I, mate, should should we talk about Aaron Clark? Yeah, you this should. Is, oh, I should, yeah. He's a guy <laughs> that I'm seriously considering. And I, I listened to you talk about him last night. You made a really good point. No one, I don't think anyone's got the trades to be able to do it. I do. I'm seriously considering him. I He's played 58, 54 minutes the last few weeks. I mean, he might be the best footballer on the Gold Coast right now. He has been on fire, 84 and 74. He is just bouncing off tackles. It's very, the, the way that he's breaking out of tackles is like Brandon Smith-esque at his mm. sort of best. He's just, he is just an absolute goer. He gets his hands on the ball. So many times, I I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and plays 65, 70 minutes this week. 
and I wouldn't be surprised. Is is that a big? I mean, he played fifty eight and fifty four the last two weeks. He's starting now. I see him at the end of the games, and he's he's not gassed. I think he's got plenty more to offer Aaron Clark. So, I think more people should be considering him. Yeah. So so he has. I'm just looking at games where he's played. Uh, granted, this is obviously at hooker. Yeah. Where he's played bigger minutes this season. 70 minutes back in round 13 for 72 points, 63 minutes for 41, 64 minutes for 51, 72 minutes for 40. Um, so not terrific, but I suppose the idea is that he's playing lock and he's running the ball. He's running the ball, and that's what makes a difference. You look at his evading stats the last two weeks, 36 and 24. I mean, Yeah, him, right, so him. five tackle breaks last week, nine the week before. Yep. That's – I seriously think people should be considering him. I, I, if I had one more trade, which, fuck, I've flushed a few this year. If I had one more up my sleeve, I would definitely go him. But I think I think I just want to have those extra trades and be able to use my boost in the last week. And I'm, I'm sort of hoping that most people take your viewpoint and don't get him. Because I think if you do, he could be a huge would, uh, point of difference. Would you want another week just to see those minutes play out? Ideally, yeah, and there's a good chance that I could go him next week. I can afford to do it because there's a lot of risk in doing it this week. If he like he could get benched come game day and play 40 minutes uh, on form, you'd hope not. But who knows what Holbrook will do? Um, if you would give it a week and he comes out and plays 65, 70 and kills it, you're like, all right, he can't not play those minutes again. I just think the Titans as a franchise, their interest should be winning a game of football soon. <laughs> so I don't know how they can not possibly put this guy out there for big minutes, but. As we said, if Aaron Clark plays five minutes this weekend, it wouldn't be in the top billion crazy things to happen this week in rugby league. So I am going to wait a week. Regard, I'm going to wait a while, regardless. I'm not sure if I will be able to do it. But if I get through this week without any injuries, and we're one step closer to the end, and I've got no trades to make next week, and he goes 80, which I personally think he will, he's a guy that I will seriously, seriously consider yep. next week. So I look forward to having that conversation when he scores <laughs> 80 this week. Um, from Mark Woody, it says Addo Carr as a pod play. <sighs> Spoken a lot about guys that need to do a lot to score super coach points. Josh Addo Carr oh. is an absolute cracker. He's a fantastic player. Uh, he's unreal. What did he score on the weekend, Timmy? 110. 110. Three tries, was it? Three tries and a try assist. Yeah. So a lot for a little. Oh, yeah. a, 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 an absolute <clears throat> heap for a good score, but. If Brian Toto scores one try and has a try assist, he'll score 115 this weekend. Yeah, exactly. And then you just throw in that, uh, as we keep saying, I love these matchup-based CT dubs on the run home, but they face the Cowboys. No way would I play. That's next week. Wouldn't be playing there. They face the Eels, Sharks, and Seagulls on the run home. Uh, I'd like be hesitant to play him in any of those games. I, I think if you are going all in on Matty Burton, I can understand it more if yeah. you're going for that that pairing, uh, but a, even if I, and I and as I said, I was seriously considering Matt Burton this week and I still wasn't even looking at Josh Adokar. But as we say every week with these guys that we don't like, that's what makes them pod plays. If you think like Nanai, Josh Adokar is going to score a heap of tries and run home, which he quite possibly could, back your gut feel in. Uh, we sort of already covered this one, but Casey um, says, Ola, a sell, Ola Kuatu. I'm against it, but by all means, please go and sell him. Yeah, he's averaging 68 this season, five-round average of 72. That's with a 29 from last week in his rolling average. Uh, not a chance I'll be selling him. 
Uh, is Manu a must-have in the centres? <clears throat> I feel like we don't know the answer to this. Right, I still feel like you do need to have him, but I think we want to see his role as far as this roaming stuff goes this weekend. Fair. Yeah, and it's all circumstantial. Essentially, yes, he is. He's a freak playing a team yep. that's uh, on the up. But at $800,000 for a bloke historically at centre who's only average solid, um, you know, if, if we're all looking – nearly everyone's looking to jump ranks substantially at this time of the season, whatever they're going for, whatever their goal is. Uh, and going for Joe Manu at high ownership at 800k is probably not the way to do that. It's a lot of pennies to pay. Uh, this one's from, I think, my burn account from last week. Life's peachy. Stupid idea to not run Teddy for the run home. Uh, I was talking last week about anti-ponting Teddy, and I'm going to be the first to say, stupid idea. Just get <laughs> the guy in. Thoughts? Uh, yeah, dumb idea. So I'll just, let's go through his tackle breaks the last few weeks. Seven last week, 12 the week before that, seven the week before that. Three, six, nine, six. This is a bloke who's just gone through an origin period where he's run for almost mm. a kilometre in three origin games. Get him in. This is also a guy for the first time in his Roosters career who's playing for a team that is trying to make the top yeah. eight. So they're Quite desperate. Him. All right, rank these three. This one comes from Jared. Luttrell, Burton, Munster. So for the run home, the three that you need to have. I don't have two of these guys. I've only got Munster. I would probably go Munster... Might be controversial, but I'm going to go Burton Luttrell. Woof. I'm very high on Burton. I also don't have Luttrell, so I might be a little bit biased there. I just don't trust South Sydney at the moment. What would you go? Yeah, I've got Munster very narrowly ahead of Luttrell just because of that Bunny's draw we keep speaking about. Uh, then Burton. Yeah. Okay. Uh, from Hack Houston. I hope his name is Jack Houston because that really threw me. Um, Anderson or Mulatalo this week? I think he means to play. Obviously, Anderson, decent little matchup for the Melbourne scored Storm, scored 50 old last week. Cronulla against South Sydney. Um, I'm not sure which South Sydney team we're going to get, whether they keep this up or not. It'll be a tough opposition. I would probably lean towards Anderson, to be honest with you. I think he can crash over for a try, but I also think Sifatalika will be very keen to come up against South Sydney. I think he always is, so Molotalo outside him could be a good thing. Uh, I just feel like the Melbourne Storm, there are going to be points scored there, but if both of these guys score 30 this week, I won't be surprised either. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. Anderson has just risen from the dead for us. Uh, owners could be a handy little number on their own home, although David Nofaluma has apparently just signed with him for the rest of the season. Won't get started on that because it pisses me off a little bit. But uh, <laughs> just on the bunnies, they're putting points on, but conceded 12 against the Storm last week, who were pretty lacklustre. Week before that, they conceded 28 to the Dogs. Week prior to that, the Knights put 28 points on them. So yep. you imagine what the Sharkies at home can do. Uh, I like Molly Taylor. Um, next one comes from, and I mean, j just on that as well, Anderson, your Mulatalo, I think it's going to become a more and more common question as the week goes on, working out who we play, who we sit. Um, it's going to be interesting. And next one comes from Heavenly Hands, Hevna, is Valentine Holmes a must-have? Uh, I personally think, I, I wouldn't say he's a must-have, but I just think the way he's playing at the moment, it'd be bold to go without him. Yeah, he's not a must-have because... There are a lot of good options at both fullback and CT dub. Um, I don't really want to talk about it because I'm 12k off going Kalen Ponga to him this week, oh. which hurts a lot. 
Uh, look, he's not a must-have just because he's playing at centre. And, I mean, I know it's only one game and, and I still have faith that the, the cows will come back to form. I think most of us do, but they did just essentially get beaten by the Tigers. Um, not a must-have, but if you can get him in this week, make it happen. Okay, our next one comes from AJ1989, Talakai for Haas. I don't mind selling Talakai. Payne Haas, though, uh, he's one that we've never owned at any point this season. I know I haven't. I'm pretty sure you haven't as well. Uh, great score on the weekend, was unreal, scored a cracking try. I think you got 110-odds, so take out that try. You're looking at 70, a great score. Um, for me, the same as what Tamalolo's doing, the same as what Tapanay's doing, the same as what... Isaiah Papali is doing mm. all these guys in which I have in my team. I'm not looking at Haas. I'm going to get through the whole year without owning him, I think. Could bite me in the ass, but I'm, I am i don't mind <coughs> trading Talakai. But Haas, I just don't think he's necessary, especially if you've got all those guys. And even if you've got a Max King, Canterbury Bulldogs are leaking forwards left, right and centre at the moment. I think King is going to be a 60-point guy for the run home. Yeah, and I'm very much the same. I mean, he returned with a bang, uh, sort of, made us remember pretty quickly how good a super coach player he is, but he doesn't he just doesn't jag attacking stats that often. What he does is in base and offloads often and he's one of the best front rolls in Supercoach. But like prior to that ton, in seven games before that, his top score was sixty two points. Now, you mentioned Papaliti's, Tam Lolo's, Tapanis. I just don't see him coming in and scoring substantially more than these guys to warrant burning another trade at this time of the season. Maxi King's tickling along well. Um, look, if you've only got two front rolls and you, you're looking for depth there and wanting another player or you've only got, say, maybe a Tapani and a Max King, oh, yep. cool, get him in. Great trade, but do we really need him? I, I don't think we do. Yeah. But uh, don't get me wrong, that does make him not a very good trade in this week, but in the big picture of trying to make up ground, I'm not convinced he's the bloke to do it. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's have a look at one, one one last thing that I actually forgot to mention in the 5-8s. Uh, Jerome Lewis out. Sean O'Sullivan comes in. Mm. For me, this worries me a lot. Uh, Sean O'Sullivan, he is a run first, pass second 5-8. I think he's a good footballer. Um, I had Reese Walsh in my draft team last year. We spoke about this off, off mic before and watching him never get any ball out the back of Sean O'Sullivan frustrated the living hell out of me last year I, ha I just had a quick look this morning at his games uh, from earlier in the season Sean O'Sullivan um, was when, when Nathan Cleary was out round one against Manly had 70 touches of the ball only passed the ball on 46 occasions only kicked it 11 times in this game I think it was so he he runs a lot he takes a lot. If And credit to him, I like that about halfbacks. If someone's not in a better position than you, you just take the run. I appreciate that in sevens and sixes. But I think Sean O'Sullivan does it a little bit more than the average bear. Um, I'm worried about Isaac Tungo. He's in my draft team. He's in my class team. I'm worried about him. I'm worried about Taylor May. And if I was you, I'd be worried <coughs> about kick-out as well. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm not thrilled about it. As a kick-out Tungo May owner... Very concerned, particularly in a game against the Eels where like it could be a low-scoring sort of grind where there aren't too many points scored. So uh, very concerned. I was, I was hoping that maybe it was going to be a case of he just distributes earlier and gives the, that edge early ball. But, uh, you know, upon hearing you speak about it and having watched him quite closely about taking the line on, uh, I, I don't like it. So the other thing is clear he's going to get a stack more ball on the right edge uh, particularly good attacking ball it could really limit them and another point you made off air 
for people who do own Tungo <coughs> and Taylor May, if you're sitting one of them, uh, they take words out of your mouth. Kikau often sweeps with mm. uh, Tungo being that lead runner and they play out the back to Kikau who then taps onto May. So, as you said, I think Tungo's the real loser in this situation. Also, uh, be it Cleary or it was more often Luai, loves that face ball to Tungo as well, who runs that really good line. Is O'Sullivan going to do that? Probably not as often. And I think also it sort of pushes Nathan Cleary to step up even more, yeah. which makes them more right-side dominant, in my opinion. Um yeah, and also I think it means that Nathan Cleary, he'll do the vast majority of the kicking, which he does anyway, but even more so now when we know that Cleary being a right footer, I think he'll kick more over to the other side Yeah, as well. He becomes a, like, in, a, in any semi-soft game for the run home for the Panthers, which by their stands is most games, he becomes a near lock skipper because we'll see what happens this week against Parramatta, and I'm happy not to skip him this week, but... Yeah, he, he'll be a ma- like even more so of an option now for the way out. I'm even seriously considering him as a skipper yeah. this week. Speaking yeah. of skippers, we dive in. Yep. All right, so this weekend, uh, obviously it's headlined by the first game, James Tedesco, potentially Joey Manu, up against the Manly Seagulls. I think you'd be brave to go against Teddy here. Um, I love a VC option. I would probably go with Teddy here, but the argument to just straight see him against Manly... Pretty fair, isn't it? I think I'll be straight seeing Teddy at this point. And, and I, I love – I like a skipper in the first game of the week because people have this thing in their head where like, oh, you need to have that VC option just in case. I've spoken about I think the VC loop is overrated and people worry about it too much. It's like if it happens and you're in that position, sweet. I haven't even looked like doing it this season. Yeah. I think outside of – I don't even know if I did in the buy rounds, to be honest. Um, so because people have that thought and that a lot will VC him – straight see him and then people cop the AE if he does go nuts uh, I like him and I mean the, this is the exact situation I found myself in two weeks ago sorry to open old wounds but with Joey Manu very so and the mates I was with just said VC why would you captain wait I just thought I just think he's gonna explode here mm. like why not um, so yeah if you believe Teddy is gonna go big I do worry that Manu could maybe stifle him a little bit in this roaming sort of role but um, the team that Manly have put out, especially out on their edges, where I think Teddy can, can really get them, and through their middle as well. Um, yeah, I, I think I will VC him. Munster. Munster versus the New Zealand Warriors is an interesting one. Um, I, I, I said before, I thought he went 80 or 90 last week. He only scored 60. But uh, Melbourne, surely, surely they're bouncing back this week, right? Yeah. And if it was any other time, basically in the history of footy, you like you just lock in a Cam Munster as a skipper. But, you know, what if they don't? Uh, yep. what, what if there is something going on there that they just can't put it together? And then on top of that, I know the Warriors had their big homecoming against the Tigers a couple of weeks back, but it's their second game back at Mount Smart. They're still going to be fired up for it. Yep. Uh, their team's actually looking all right. Their forward pack's quite strong. So uh, I, I am tempted by Munster, but I think I'll look elsewhere. I think Cleary will end up being my C. I think I will VC Teddy. I think I will go clear. I know it's against Parramatta, but I'm not. I'm not sold on the Parramatta Eels. We spoke about this on Monday, and I just think Cleary, uh, on a poor week, a quiet week, he scores 70. If he can just come up with one attacking stat, which I'll be shocked if he doesn't find one in this game, I think he can score a, a, a scunjo there. So, Do you know what he scored against Para at Panther Stadium last time out? I don't, but that was, that was the game they lost, wasn't it? 40 points. 40 points, yep. But I think it's just scare tactics, mate. I 
Go for it. It certainly sounded like fucking scare tactics. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, obviously being played at Combank Stadium, good little surface there. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to back Cleary in, I think. Um, other than that, I mean, Cowboys against the Dragons. Cowboys should win that. You could look at like a, a, a drinky maybe or a Val. I'm sure there'll be a couple of people that might go back to back on Val. Um, let me ask you this one. If you are someone that brings in Matt Burton... Against Newcastle, Oof. I don't mind it. It's a punt. It's like a, it's a definite punt. But if you know, using your scare tactics there, if Cleary does go quiet and if mm. Teddy doesn't brain it like we expect him to, I wouldn't be shocked if we're sitting here next week saying, "Well, Matt Burton was the player of the week." Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. Again, circumstantial. If you're looking for a big pod player, you're already bringing him in. If you then skipper him, like, it doesn't matter what your Astro team is, that is your pod for the week. Yeah, that could be huge. Uh, yeah, I think there's plenty of merit to it. Right. Mate, is there anything else to touch on this week? All covered, I think. All covered. All good. Uh, guys, thank you for joining us once again. Make sure you go out this weekend, grab yourself a case of Bloke in a Bar, best drop in rugby league and in the country. If you want to reach out to the team at Blue Wealth Finance, you can find them on Instagram and all other social medias. Reach out to Tony and the team. They will take care of you, making investing in property easy. Uh, we're going to have Tony join us in a couple of weeks. He's a big super coach nut, so looking forward to having him join the panel. I think he might bring some fireworks just quietly. Fair chance. I've big Doggies fan, isn't he? So Huge Doggies they fan. They continue on their run. He's going to be a nightmare, yeah. I think. So, fingers crossed, I'm sure he imagine will be that, a Matty Burton owner. Imagine pairing him and Darussi up for a week. Yeah, hard pass. No, <laughs> thank you. Not enough Panadol in the world for me. Uh, thank you for joining us once again, guys. Good luck with your skippers and everything this week. Uh, remember also, guys, on the Supercoach Playbook, you've got the stats data center. Stat HQ on there, mate. Got the, the new data center out there with all your good tools, VC loophole calculators, price change calculators, all of uh, Darussi's great true player ownership stats. That on there, we've got the Halfbacks podcast with Sammy Williams, ex-Raider, ex-TAB data analyst on there as well. Dropping of a Thursday morning each week, punning play. So if you're interested in that, check it out. Yeah, it's a cracker. It's good to have a good-looking Williams on a podcast too. Oh. Thanks for joining us, guys. <laughs> we'll see you next week.